0: from Rotterdam, the Netherlands, this is Electronic Entertainment, bringing you the best of space music. <music> Ambient dance, sound-seeing and chill-out atmospheres. Check it out at www.spacemusic.nl. Most recently I noticed a track by David Halpling on Inceptate Radio. A wonderful iTunes radio stream. And I started to search for David online via the iTunes store. And I found a couple of very exciting releases. Also noticed John Jenkins' site from there. And before I knew I was listening to... The Deep Exile podcast, fantastic sound beds in the background and great tracks on the show. When I was hearing all this, I was like, "Hey, wow! The music, the voices—these guys need to be on the Space Music podcast, 100% sure." And here they are, ladies and gentlemen. A warm hello to David and John. Hi.
1: Hi, T.C. Hello
2: TC Welcome, hi, welcome to Space Music, how are you doing today? Thanks, we're great, it's great to be on the show It's wonderful to be on the show TC, thank you Alright,
1: how's San Diego doing at the moment? San Diego is fantastic, it looks like we're getting an early spring here and the weather's great and everyone's happy It's beautiful outside today Because
0: the weather is like, just indulge
1: me
2: Oh, this it's uh, sunshine, blue skies, no clouds, about 65 degrees. Uh, it's just gorgeous. It's almost springtime, isn't it? Yeah, it sure feels like it. Wow. Please,
0: tell me, David, when did the musical adventures begin for you?
2: Oh, very early. I was always um, playing around with the piano in the house as a young boy. And I immediately went into the guitar world when I was maybe in sixth grade, like um, 11, 12 years old, and uh, instantly went into space guitar uh, experimentation type of stuff.
0: Can you give me some of the examples, Um, what, what, what was your inspiration? for instance favorite artist music genres that triggered you to follow that direction
2: well i think it uh i i chose to follow that direction on my own i hadn't heard anyone really going far out with guitar at that time i was listening like i said a lot of uh, u2 and that kind of music you know um irish uh, folk rock, and this is the 80s. So a lot of people were experimenting with things and synthesizers and sounds. But I was more interested in going into a a um, a, a mysterious place. I wanted to create my own fantasies with the music. So I started to pursue ways to do that with guitar. Before I even listened to that kind of music by other artists.
0: And John, is that your kind of avenue too?
1: Um, not exactly, I mean, as a kid I always had music around the house, my mom was a music teacher, so we had a piano around the house and she was always playing it, and so I would sit down and learn to play it, and she had me in violin lessons when I was very young, I think I learned to play violin when I was five years old, I can't play it now, but um, um, I, I've always just been, been playing stuff and experimenting with music s- since a very young age. And why experimenting? Um, probably because I don't really, I didn't really take to lessons too much in formal training. So I would, <laughs> I would sit down and just kind of, you know, teach myself how to play things and and um, plunk out little melodies on the piano l- like that.
0: And we enter the studio of uh, David Halpling, John Jenkins. Um, John, what will we see?
1: Well, we're actually at David's studio, so I should let him tell you what what we see. Oh, sorry.
2: (laughs) Well, we're both... It it doesn't matter. We're both here in my studio. Um, I refer to my studio as Deep Exile, and that's sort of the name of my cave here where I make my music and where John and I make all of our music together. So when you walk in, you see a lot of um, synthesizers and rack mount uh, equipment, speakers, a big mixing desk with some big Apple 23-inch displays, a couple of them, and several racks full of processing gear like reverbs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's and a bunch
1: of guitars over in the corner. Oh,
2: yeah. Uh-uh. There's a bunch of guitars yeah. in the corner and some guitars hanging on the wall. It's very dark. There's no windows in here anymore. Is in some kind of basement? No, no. It's actually upstairs on the second floor of my house where I live. Ah. So it's my uh, home oh. studio. Home studio. And why did you choose for Apple platform? Well, Apple is the creative choice. I mean, I, I couldn't fathom even figuring out how to do email on a pc let alone compose an entire record so uh i'm i'm an apple guy all the way
1: so is john yeah absolutely we've been doing this for a while now and back in the early days you know apple was really the only way to go if you're doing anything creative yeah there was no other choice
0: uh, and do you think for instance the technology uh, the apple platform the software does it influence the genre you play nowadays
1: um i don't know if if the platform influences the genre i think people would be making the kind of music that they make um, no matter what the tools were i think they would find a way to do it but apple sure makes it easy yeah that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) yes they they make it very easy and intuitive to to get your ideas out so uh,
0: tell me a little bit about the history how did you two find each other Uh, are we going way back or tell me a little bit about it
2: It's not too far back. Uh, We actually met before we were in some kind of relationship of doing music together. I was working at a big music store here, selling uh, recording equipment and stuff like that. And John and his friend Howard, who were both um, part of the Spotted Peccary music label, came into the store to buy some equipment. And we met that way and sort of hit it off. And shortly after that, uh, my first record was released through the hands of Spotted Peccary.
0: And then you found partners in John and Howard.
2: Yes, yes, John and Howard. And, you know, um, finding, finding these kind of creative people that are doing the exact type of things I was doing and who are very interested in pushing things into the future and trying to build... Um, a record label, and release this music to the world was, you know, a dream come true for me.
0: Uh, John, what was the original starting point for the Treasure
1: album? It was back in about uh, 2000. David had released two albums on the label, and I had released two albums on the label. And we were contacted by a guy named Chris Cummings who had a short film that he had created. And uh, he was working at DreamWorks at the time, but he he had created this little film on his own. And he contacted David and I and said that he was a fan of our music and was hoping that we would do the score for his film. And so David and I said, yeah, of course, sure, we'd love to. And uh, so we we started working together on the music for this film. And as we were working on the score we started coming up with these other ideas that were just way too good for the film and way too interesting to be film score music. So we would kind of put that stuff aside and say, well, we'll get back to that later. So th- those were kind of the seeds for this project that they were planted kind of way back then.
0: If you translate the Treasure Project, is it about a spiritual journey or is it about yourself? Can you tell me some more details?
2: I think, I think the music came first you know we we came together as as two people really collaborating for the first time and the like john said this was back in 2001 when we first got together to score this film and we had some some songs that came out of that experience that didn't go into the film and it, it took us a while to get back to it but when we got back to it we were both at a little bit of a different place and it just seemed like the right time to finish the project that we started and to uh, realize what it was really about. I think before we both knew it, it was treasure. And it's, the album itself seemed to guide us in the direction it wanted to, um, to, to speak what it was about. Yeah, I think the project,
1: the project as it is as as a whole is definitely a journey from from beginning to end. And that kind of came together as we were working on the on the music. But as David said, the music kind of happened just on its own. And and once it starts happening, it tells you where it wants to go. It's not like we sat down and said, well we're gonna do an album about X and then, you know, sit down and we write about the story that you know that we are trying to, to convey it kind of takes on a life of its own and then we just we hang on for the ride and try to try to help it come to uh, its fruition yes
0: The knowing, for instance, a track on the uh, Treasure album, it made me cry, to be honest. and <clears throat> It's like a song I've known all my life, like a representation of my life and all things part of my life. So what's your story behind this wow. song?
2: That's a very loaded question, TC. <laughs> uh, first of all, I I am very grateful that you yourself have taken the the time to really connect with this record and the music and I I agree with you once the knowing was finished in its final form um, it, it's hard to explain but when you're working on a song and you're in it and you're you're working on it you don't have the same perspective that you do as the listener you are working with it to try to let it become what it is to become so once once the song was finished i started to attach a lot of visual things to it because it was such an emotional song and during the the process of writing the parts and playing the parts uh, our emotions my emotions and john's emotions started to really show through the music more so than we than when we had begun working on the song so I know that the music that's in that track comes from deep places within both of us, but it's very hard to, to say consciously exactly what it means, but it is a very profound um, song. It just sort of came out that way.
0: Not a soul, not a sound. Um, after seven minutes, it's like of, like a real evolving thing. In Dutch, we call it urmusiek. What's this song all about? And did you plan this sudden conclusion within the track?
1: Well, not a soul, not a sound is... Um, these, these songs just kind of take on a life of their own. And as they develop, they start to tell us what they want to be and where they want to go that track in particular when we when we were early on in the process working on it it was like what 20 minutes long or something it was a really long track and at at it at the 20 minute mark it was really i mean that felt right but um that's one of the few songs that's actually um we realized that if it was going to fit on the cd we were going to have to make a shorter version of it so we cut it down to um whatever it is now. I think it's around 10 minutes or so. But as far as what it's about, I mean, it's again, it's more as we develop the songs, they tell us what they want to be, and they they sort of evoke images and moods. And, you know, that's just one of of stillness and being in a very quiet place and maybe
2: um, internalizing uh, maybe some soul searching. It's about the space and taking the time to have an understanding about what is happening Um, possibly. Uh, It's it's hard to explain and like John said it comes from the music and this track started out with a multi-layered guitar loop. We worked on this guitar loop together and then John reacted with this synthesizer part and then I reacted to that and before we knew it it was bigger than ourselves and we just followed it to its end and i think of the whole record not a soul not a sound is at the center of what's happening in the record and it's the time to really open yourself up to listen and to understand what is happening
1: if you think of the record as a journey you know i guess in the metaphorical sense you start out the journey and then you slowly go deeper and deeper you know within this cave or within yourself and then you slowly again emerge out of that to the end of the record as you know as a different or changed person so not a soul not a sound would be probably the innermost
2: you know the deepest part of the record this the center the center the center of the experience as a matter of
0: speaking almost the silence within
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 yes
0: and that translated into music that's right so when did you know john david when did you know you wanted to compose like film scores film music
2: um here you go (laughs) (laughs) nice one right sorry sorry (laughs) you go john not me shall we have a little pause here sure 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 yeah okay no problem that's a good question let me press the space
1: bar
0: Okay, speaking about media, what radio stations have you been on already with this treasure project?
1: <laughs> yeah, we've been on quite a few, um, probably hundreds. Um, we haven't done very many interviews, but the, the music's been played all over the place. We've been on the, you know, the major shows like Echoes and Hearts of Space. Um, we've done interviews with WMSE and Milwaukee and um, a couple of stations in Los Angeles. Yeah. And now the Space Music Podcast. What about other podcasts?
0: Already on our other podcast or not yet?
1: Yeah, uh, we did a feature for Echoes Radio that ran on their podcast feed. Um, But other than that, you're the first podcast, I think, that we've been on.
2: You are the first official podcast to share with the world. Yeah. Wow. We're excited. I've been
1: listening to your podcast for quite a while, TC. I found it years ago probably when you first started so
0: yeah uh in february we had our uh, three year anniversary already three years time flies yeah. you know it's incredible yeah. yes but what about your own podcast uh, music is art uh, podcast by spottedpeckery.com can you tell me a little bit uh, more about it
1: the music is art podcast is a, a podcast that i do and it's mainly to focus on the record label and the music um, because like you about two and a half three years ago I discovered podcasting and I realized well you know gee this is the perfect thing for a record label because it, it allows you to let people actually hear the music yeah. and you can talk about your artists and you can it, it's just the perfect thing it's like having your own radio show but I think Spotted Peckery is
0: kind of a progressive record label because there are lots of examples record labels not interested in podcasting whatsoever what are your thoughts about this
1: yeah that surprises me because it seems like a no-brainer it seems like yeah. you know if you're a record label and you want people to hear your music podcasting is the first thing you would think of yeah i don't understand why some labels would not be interested in that but um yeah to me it's it's it, and it's fun to do to we, I do interviews with some of the artists and just play music. And I try to do it once a month, but it's, it's hard to keep up with it sometimes. And we also play uh, music and talk to artists who are not on the label. But it's music that we believe in and that we want people to know about.
0: Another podcast is the Deep Exile podcast.
2: What's the content all about? Well, the Deep Exile podcast was created to share what John and I were doing together separate from the Spotted Peccary podcast. We created this website deepexile.com to be a place for people to go to listen to our collaborative work and our individual works. One place where listeners can go to learn about what is happening with our music. So the Deep Exile podcast is a chance for John and I to connect directly with the listeners and share with them the news and what is happening with the record, what was happening with Treasure. And at this point, the Deep Exile podcast is becoming about what's happening with new music that we're working on and what should people expect to hear. We have played some unreleased tracks and some works in progress, which I think is... The key to podcasting is to give people a chance to really be involved in the process of creation and to let them hear what is happening before it's even finished. I think that's a brilliant uh, way to, to share things with people.
0: if you want to advise other musicians looking for uh, a chance to succeed in music a music production what is your advice
1: um, well first of all to do it I mean just get out there and start doing it because you're never going to succeed if you don't do it it's a tough the music industry is very tough
2: um, but you know the first step is to just start making music at the same time You know, the music industry is tough right now, but we are also at a place where more than ever before, it is very easy to get your music heard by other people. For example, someone that really wants to make music, they can make music, create a CD or maybe just a couple tracks and send them to TC. And uh, you know, the world gets a chance to hear it. But if if these artists don't take the chance to finish the tracks and try to get them out to people that might want to play it or listen to it, nothing's ever going to happen.
0: Speaking about some personal stuff here, a little intermezzo. Um, David,
2: what's your uh, your favorite hobby? Hobby? Uh, well, I think my hobby is making music. <laughs> um, <laughs> but well, that's your job. How old? <laughs> well, my, my job and my hobby is the same. When I'm not working on music with John, I am working on music for my job, which is composing music for. You know, movies and television. Okay, so it's it's a
0: way of living for you nowadays, isn't
2: it? Yes, it is my life, and I'm wow. I feel very fortunate that wow. I am able to do what I love as my profession. Um, you know, it's not always fun and glamorous. A lot of times, it's it's very hard work, and you are asked to do a kind of music that you are not particularly fond of. But it's it's part of the the work, and you do it. But as far as hobbies, I like making music. I like experimenting with synthesizers and guitars whenever i have a chance Uh,
0: john how about your family life can we compare it with david's life or is it a whole other existence
1: my life is a whole other existence i think (laughs) Um, i don't do music for a living i you know i run the record label and um, i also do voices for tv and radio commercials and between all those things that's that takes up a good portion of my time Um, as far as hobbies I, i i guess i'm I like surfing, so I, I try to get onto the ocean and do some surfing as often as I can. I like to get oh, out. No,
0: no surfing on the
1: internet, you mean? You no, no. You mean, I mean like actually, a real life yeah. surfing?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, just in case. Yeah, I, I guess I surf the internet too, but <laughs> I prefer to be in the water.
0: Now, question for the two of you. Uh, if you could live your dream. What would this look like?
2: Uh, I I think I'm living my dream right now, personally. Uh, Yes, I don't think that I would want to do anything else that I'm doing. My whole life I've wanted to uh, pursue the music that I hear in my my head and in my dreams and and share it with people. So this is is where I am. It's where I want to be.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, to be able to... To work on music and release it and get feedback from people and have people accept it and embrace it the way they have is really, you know, much more than I could have ever hoped for. So, yeah, I agree with David. I mean, we're, we're living the dream.
0: This Day Forward, I can hear, like, Patrick O'Hearn kind of style. Is that correct? I mean, what inspired you to play the track, like, This Day Forward?
1: Um, This Day Forward was a track that also went through a lot of changes, like The Knowing. It went on a long journey to arrive where it is at this point. Um, And you mentioned Patrick O'Hearn. You know, he's... um, There's three names that come up a lot. At least when people are talking about my music, and that's Patrick O'Hearn and Tangerine Dream and Steve Roach. And I consider these guys to be pioneers. I mean, they blazed the trail. I mean, there's Brian Eo and that group, and, and these guys
2: kind of held the torch and went out. I, I personally am often compared to Patrick O'Hearn, and I think, first of all, that's the greatest compliment I could receive because I love Patrick's work. I love his music, and he he is after the same thing I'm after. And I think we are both looking for the same thing in music, and I think no matter what sounds you use or what combination of rhythms and textures you put together, you can can hear what the artist is going for. So it's a compliment, but this song in particular... Like like the other songs on the Treasure album, it just it asks for what it wants. And the track started out very differently than it has has ended up.
0: Yeah, because when you're listening to the Treasure album, this day forward is like, all of a sudden, at least, it gave to me, like a back-home feeling.
2: Exactly, and, and that's wonderful that you would really tune into that, because... In, in what the album represents, there's been a, a deep and profound journey in the center of this cave, if you will, and to emerge out into the light a changed person and to, from this day forward, have a new perspective is literally what the song is about. And it's what it represents in the context of the record. It might be
1: a different story for everybody but but it is a, there is a journey that takes place and what that journey is depends upon the listener
0: first goodbye at last on the treasure album is like um it shows me some images of saying goodbye to someone you knew would leave in the first place and how do you translate this into such beautiful sounds
1: well um you know as as we mentioned before as we're working on a track it kind of tells us what it wants to be And very early on, in working on that track, it uh, very clearly sounded like a closing track, like a goodbye. It had that feeling of finality to it. Um, So we knew from early on that that would be the closing track of the record.
2: Yeah, at, at times, within the track, it is the same melody from the first track, but now it has an entirely new meaning. Because that melody from the first track is now within the understanding of this journey that you've just gone through. And this song, The First Goodbye, is a very resolved feeling. It is a grounded, completed, positive, there are no questions asked in the song. And I think as soon as the song became a very simple form that we knew the emotion it was saying, like John said, we knew this is gonna be the last track on the record. And we purposely in the production of it wanted to make it fit in the scheme of the whole record. So we sort of yeah. you know, produced it in that way and, and played the parts to it with that emotion.
0: Well, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
2: you. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really wonderful for you to to understand the record on this level and to share it with your listeners it means a lot to me personally and i thank you very much
0: well you're most welcome uh, david Uh, in a long long time this is one of the best albums i've heard so and i'm hearing lots and lots of music nowadays but this is a story that from beginning to end it simply must be heard it's wonderful it grabs you so ladies and gentlemen the soundtrack to your lives Where can people buy your music? Please, some more details.
1: Um, It's available from Amazon. We have it at our website, deepexile.com. It's available from the label's website at spottedpeccary.com. That's P-E-C-C-A-R-Y.
2: Well, we also have it on iTunes. Right. Uh, Along with our other releases are all available for download on iTunes. It's on eMusic? Yes emusic.com i'm not really sure i mean the best place to go is to go to deepexile.com to order the cd um i think we've made it very easy for people to find the record wherever they prefer to to purchase music
0: and of course you can visit davidhelpling.com and johnjenkins.com to enjoy the music the lyrics the stories behind this project um well, David, John, uh, Space Music appreciates the fact uh, we had the chance to listen to all of your music, to the story behind it, and thank you so much for sending the albums, I must say, because also John did some solo albums, David did uh, two. So upcoming episodes of Space Music, plenty of good stuff on the show. Very inspiring, very good to hear great quality productions john and david thank you so much
1: thanks so much tc it's been an honor thank you tc
0: have a great day in san diego and please do continue composing like you're doing right now
2: we will thank you so much see you take care okay cool